in, in, in the UK? Personally, I'm okay. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you have one of those little um, UV lamps? <laughs> no. Uh, well, um, in fact, I was talking to a friend the other day, and the, those special lamps and lights that you get uh, if you like, if you feel this seasonal kind of down. Yeah. Um, and I think it's called, is it seasonally affected di- di- disorder? Ah. Uh. Which is SAD, which is sad. Okay. Yeah. That's a funny name. <laughs> so I, I thought that was quite an appropriate uh, term for those, yeah. uh, for that condition. But no, you know what? I must say though, after being in the sunshine for two years, mm. coming back here, I, I really do miss the sunshine. Yeah. And miss the light. And being able to just go out with a t-shirt and a pair of shorts, it makes life, you know, very simple. Yeah. So you're able to do that now? Well, not here, no. When I oh, was okay. in Bali. Oh, Bali, okay. <laughs> yeah. When I was in Bali, <laughs> we'll go out in shorts and a t-shirt. Yeah, yeah. I think, yeah, if I went out in a shorts and a t-shirt now, I wouldn't last very long. Yeah. Yeah, we we have there. There's a certain um, uh, you know uh, things that we have to do to stay warm. I I like thermals, so I, I I'm always wearing layers. My theory is if you keep like if I thermals are like the the uh, clothing that you wear under your clothes. So like if I wear thermal pants. So I wear, I always like in the winter times, I have my jeans or whatever I'm wearing. Then I put the thermals underneath. And uh, my theory is if you keep the legs warm, then, you know, everything else will be pretty good. I just don't like having cold legs, you know, like having the jeans and then going out here in the winter in New York, it could get very cold. I was in New York a couple of years ago. And it was the coldest I have ever been. Oh, wow. Oh, my God. (laughs) It was, you know, that cold where you feel like you have uh, velociraptors attacking you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. It was was that cold where, uh, uh, and and your voice is shaking, yes. Hmm, yeah. Yeah, I don't like that. You know, it's funny because sometimes it won't, it's the body, that that period of time that the body's getting adjusted to the code that is the most difficult for me. Like sometimes it could be, if it goes from like the 60s to the 40s, it's not really that cold, but the body's like, oh my gosh, it's it's takes some adjustment for the body to come to adjust, you know, and that can like, you know, our topic today is, is uh, still moving. And, and one of the things that I think you had mentioned in terms of uh, this topic is how we are um, kind of out of tune with nature and the natural cycles of things, you know, um, with in, especially in the holiday season. So why don't you 
elaborate a little bit more on that? Yeah. Um, so it seems to be in the Northern Hemisphere at this time of year, um, a lot of animals and trees go into kind of a hibernation. So trees mm. lose their leaves. Lots of animals are in hibernation. They sleep a lot longer. Yeah. We get a lot less sunlight. And everything seems to just slow down. Um, your body's recuperating. But it seems that in this time of the year, humans operate, especially in the Northern Hemisphere, in a completely different way, whereas it's the busiest time for many people. Mm. Um, we have these flashing lights that are around. Um, people are speeding up and, um, and worrying and stressful at this time of year. And it seems to be that maybe nature is telling us to slow down. It's a time to replenish, take it easy, uh, maybe a time for reflection. Maybe it's time to turn down the lights rather than have them on at 100%, turn them down. It's more of a, a tranquil, easy way of being, just like sunlight is at the moment. Yeah. And we're going against uh, our natural way of being. Mm. And having holidays at these times, maybe it's a possibility to have these earth things, a time to relax, a time to sit down, a time to just be with yourself rather than what's promoted out there all the time in the media. You've got to do this. You've got to get this, eat this, buy mm. this. And then also um, it's a time where a lot of people eat more than they usually eat, which again, yeah. it seems to be in reverse of what nature telling us. Yeah. To eat less and, uh, because our um, our stomachs are always working, you know, um, mm. digesting food. So it's time to give our stomachs a break. Yeah. It will be a good opportunity at this time of the year to be in sync with the bodies. And possibly it's a time for fasting. Mm. A allowing the body just to rest for once. Allowing the uh, the stomach to rest rather than what it's been doing every day, all day, all night for the whole year, which is continually working. Yeah. Maybe get out those books that we that we that we want to read and haven't read those books on our bookshelves. Mm -hmm. um, sit in the silence, in the darkness. A time to reflect. Look back on what's been and look forward to what can possibly be, but mm -hmm. maybe even more important than that, just be here and now in the present. Yeah. But it seems that we're conditioned and trained and through media to do exactly the opposite. Yeah. So can we switch off these uh, the televisions and these media devices just for a short while? There's a, uh, I don't, have you heard of Enyepi? What is it called? Enyepi. 
No. Um, it's a time in Bali when they turn off all the um, electricity. Oh, so wow. Nothing, no one uses, you know, their kettles, their TVs, their phones, everything's turned off. Yeah. And there's a great story to it. So if anybody's out there, if you know their story, can you please um, message in? But it's a really great story. But uh, basically, I think it's about allowing the earth to rest. Mm. And what, so I was in Bali at, at, in Yepi 2019. And what was really amazing is that because all the lights are off mm-hmm. and you go outside in the evening, there's no light pollution. So the stars in the sky are so amazing. And living in, as you do in New York, and I'm in London, it's so rare that we see see the sky. Yeah. Uh, much of it is covered by um, artificial light and so much pollution. And I think that maybe Enyepe will be a uh, perfect thing to bring, you know, worldwide. Mm. Yeah, as you're talking here, my, my studio's falling apart. <laughs> I'm just trying to... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it's time for the, for the studio to have a rest as well. <laughs> Wait, one second. Well, I, I had dropped... I had dropped... I dropped one of my lights today. Oh, is that an omen? <laughs> uh, yeah, so I dropped one of my lights today, so uh, okay, well, we'll have we'll do without it. That reminds you of a uh, was it? I think, is it in the alchemist Paolo Coelho when he says, if something happens once, it would never happen again. If something happens twice, it's sure to happen a third time. Oh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's a, it's a great book. So I, yeah, the, the lights were actually for the flowers. Was a, I have a separate light just for the flowers. <laughs> <laughs> well, you need to get some photographs of somebody at the back there as well. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so where were we? We were talking about the um, uh, Bali. And yeah, yeah if, if... And the importance of... Um, being in rhythm with nature and and um, taking time out to be with ourselves, be present, um, which I have to admit, I, I haven't been doing that so much. You know, I, I have uh, this little device here, the, uh, the iPhone, which is... And uh, always checking the iPhone, always active uh, for for a lot of the time. I mean, not not always, but when there when I do get those brief moments of just the other day, I was standing in the kitchen, and 
and I just noticed the kitchen, you know, um, in a different way. It, it, it wasn't like I've been so on automatic lately that I like I have such a routine. I get up in the morning, you know, I do my, my meditation. Uh, sometimes I do yoga as well. Then I go into making my coffee and breakfast and I do everything in the same order. <laughs> I take, I put the dishes away from the, the dish thing. I put them in the cabinets. I take the, uh, my, I do fancy coffee. So I take my Chemex out and, and then I take, I put one thing on, you know, a little bowl on one side, a big bowl for my oatmeal on the other side. And I do everything in the same order. So it's like, there's no thought really involved in it. And once in a while, because of that, because it's so routine, I sometimes will will mistakenly like pour the water in in the wrong thing, you know, because it's like a robot that's in a program, but there's like <laughs> some little thing gets off and the robot like, is messed up. The robot only knows to do a certain, you know, thing. So um forget what I was getting at, but uh, yeah, stepping out of that that sort of routine, uh, you know, response of of doing things and being in the moment. Like my kids are in the moment. My daughter's always doing her own thing, just being creative. And uh, while I'm like, no, we have to do this and this and this and this. And um, yeah, I think bringing up the the holidays like christmas and uh so there is this same sort of way of thinking we have to it's like you wind up the robots and you know and, and i don't exclude myself from this you know you, you wind us up and then when it's time to go you, you know we go tick 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 you know the ro robot may hit the wall you keep hit, hitting the wall until you turn it and then the robot tick 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 so <laughs> So with all that's going on, um, a pandemic and, you know, everything else where supposedly we should be taking it easy, taking care of ourselves. And that's what they blast all over the media. Well, they don't really talk about taking care of yourself. They just have really one narrative. And uh, our our leader here in the West is a guy by the name of uh, Anthony uh, Fauci, who who is leading, you know, the medical uh, leader in, in this. And uh, so he was, you know, been talking about how bad um, COVID is and, and the pandemic and you got to get you know your vaccines boosters it's stay away from people wear your mask except when it comes to christmas <laughs> he was up there and uh he gave this speech well they asked how about visiting relatives and doing the you know having gatherings during christmas indoors and everything and he said well it should be fine, you know, as long as you, you visit your relatives, you wear your mask. Obviously, when you're visiting your relatives, you, you know, you're not going to be wearing your mask, eating, 
food. <laughs> so it's, you know, I mean, if you, unless you can eat it through, through the mask. So a big contradiction. And we can't help by either in some indirect way, the gov, you know, the, the, the narrative, not that anyone said help to instill some confidence to get people out there shopping and celebrating um, Christmas. Um, you know, they, they probably didn't put it in those words, but there's a certain, and we talked about this the other day, there's a certain narrative that we have all been sort of indoctrinated into. And, and, um, and we kind of just go with the uh, herd. And, and I, I, that kind of sounds like a, a negative way. And I, I just can't think of another word. And I'm not meaning it in a negative way. I'm just meaning it to say, we go with the group of sheep, you know, that, <laughs> that sounds negative too. <laughs> the sheep that are being led off of the ledge to their death, and that, you know, and I don't mean, I mean, that's a little bit of an exaggeration, but, uh, you know, um, <laughs> I'm going to try to reverse my way out of this now. Um, <laughs> but what I, what I'm saying is, there, there is this contradiction in the messaging that I'm catching, and I don't think that it's directly um, that he's the, told that you should give this narrative, but I think it's ingrained, you know, like, yes, we need to be safe at all costs. We need to take care of those that are vulnerable, except for during holiday seasons <laughs> you know and and i can't help to think it's because of um the impact that it would have on the economy and and, and things of this nature and um you know i would love to think that the the government has our best interests in mind and the health of other of people but it seems that the economy and winning re-election and, and things of that, in some way, maybe they're not conscious of it, but it seems like, I mean, obviously, advertisers and corporations are most definitely <laughs> conscious of <laughs> money being the, uh, yeah, so, you know, uh, yeah, so I guess it's the uh, the thing of sins of omission or uh, commission. <laughs> I remember being um, in a business school and doing uh, marketing and advertising. Yeah, which was a, uh, a a whole a whole year really of being taught how to lie. <laughs> 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 how to extract uh how the best way to extract money from um someone's hands and that yeah. was uh that was very interesting because you get to look behind the scenes of the pull that these businesses and advertising have on you how they can implant thoughts in your mind to make you think that it, that they're your thoughts mm. Do you remember that, um, I think they did it in cinemas uh, many years ago, and they called it subliminal advertising, which they used to put yeah. into films. Yeah. 
which they'll put in there and then you would think that you had the idea that you would like to go and get a drink mm. when it was the subliminal advertising that your conscious mind is not aware of which was implanted in to put into your mind that then you'll go out and get a drink mm-hmm. and i watched this um film once and one of the characters said that she left the uh, main town for a while to go out to the country mm. and while she's out there she felt so different and she said it was because there was no advertising no tv around her and yeah. i don't think we realize the effect that every day especially you in new york and myself in london we're walking down the streets and we're bombarded by images and messages yeah constant and it goes on 24 hours a day so wherever you're watching and it's also in the bombardment and we don't even recognize this in the labeling in the clothes that we wear and on the billboards yeah and on the um on the social media where you get this advertisement and it's constant mm. and if you think about it this has just been a recent so something recent in the last maybe 40 50 years that we've had this and it's now it's been taken up like 50 notches because of uh, social media yeah. what effect is all this having on our psyche being bombarded constantly and i think and especially in these times it's a time to maybe get away from this yeah maybe it's it's an opportune time for us to turn turn it off and ask the question what is the effect that all these could be an ask for it we don't say excuse me can you put a billboard up there try yeah. to sell me something they yeah, never yeah. ask yeah they never ask oh um can we um can we press you into giving you this message on your on your phone so mm-hmm. we never asked so we just it's just given to us and to look at what is the effect that this is having on on the human brain because mm. it certainly didn't evolve to take in all these messages it was that was it i don't know how old is the from the first human is it one and a half 150,000 years longer 1 million years that so it's only in the last 50 that we've had this constant every single day mm. all day giving us these messages ideas trying to sell us something mm. what's the effect it's a good question how how has it how has it influenced the way that our brain has been evolving yeah cuz like you said it um it's a lot of it is subliminal you know a lot of it is we're not conscious of it cuz it happens so much so even even if you're not clicking on the thing to to go get the stuff you know some people do but you know the brain filters out so much first of all the the brain has to work overtime because um our brains are developed to filter out what is not necessary and to um just kind of filter out the things so that we can get by on a day-to-day basis so we can get 
so Ade can go from here to the to the bathroom. You know, if Ade is just thinking, you know, taking in all of the information, every single bit of information, then it's going to get in the way. You know, it's just going to be overload and too much on the uh, the nervous system. So we feel so the so it's. I would think, and I'm no neuroscientist, but I would think on on some level, on a brain level, it's making our brains work a lot harder than they were maybe designed to. And maybe that has changed the function of the brain as well. Because now with cell phones, um, there's like... Whereas before you'd have to go out in the world and see these things or when you would sit down and watch TV. But now when a cell phone is right in front of us all day, now you have information almost like 24 hours, like tons of this information. And like you said, the, the uh, these um, ad people and, and the, the marketing people, they're, they're basically trying to manipulate, they lie to you, they know human psychology. As we talked about the other day, they, they're pretty slick, you know, like uh, they're not different than you and I, you know, they, they have, some of them are <laughs> sitting down meditating for hours, like doing their meditations and, you know, so-called spiritual and stuff. And, and so they they even incorporate that into um, some of the ads. You know, you, you have these people um, like sitting down these group meetings at Google, you know, and, and they're, they're smart people, you know, they're intelligent and they know the, and I think they, they somehow have bypassed the idea of whether this is overall, you know, good for people because when they use things like, okay, we're going to talk about Native American um, culture because that's in right now, you know, whereas the truth, what we're starting to see more truth and truth about the history, but the corporations had co-opted that and now infuse it into the ad and marketing and and they hire the the young sort of hip hip people that are quote unquote progressive but now they're using it to sell <laughs> and to you know to to buy people and then it kind of loses the um the the uh, um the power i don't know power that is the right word but the meaningfulness of um the the culture you know that that they are marketing basically and they do that with a lot of different areas with the ltgb uh community with um you know uh race with weight different things the corporations have co-opted that and used that as a marketing strategy and uh it's really it's really interesting you know and we're getting bombarded um so at a time where i think we really need to to take a step back especially as you were talking about in the winter months to rest to it's it's a time of 
and this judging by nature when i go out in nature you know specifically here in the north um things are dying you know um it's so it's a it's a it's a time for um for dying for for loss for and and not in a, in a negative way but for for even grieving for resting um and for um what is the the word for introspection and but we are in this restful moment we are running we are getting we are getting those last minute uh christmas gifts we are um you know the lights from the christmas trees as you had mentioned in that conversation that we had a few days ago we're being bombarded with lights and blue red green and the stores and everything else you know so it, it uh I'm, i'm sure it has an effect on our brain and our overall uh well-being as a collective and like you said the um so the trees the leaves have fallen off the trees and the, the leaves have died after this cycle but the leaves go into the ground and for nutrients for the soil yeah so if we look at us as if like so we've allowed lots of things to die fall away and they become nutrients then for our body if we allow them to be mm but here especially here as soon as the leaves fall they and they're swept up and and pull away somewhere yeah and maybe it's time to let those leaves metaphorically in the human fall and sit for a while mm. so the body can bleed be renourished and also in regards to all this advertising and marketing and so on it's always the same message really is that you're not enough exactly so you need yeah. to get your teeth whiter your car needs to be better and faster you need to buy this thing buy this new microwave mm-hmm. buy this new hoover um get this extra special brand new created for a day cup of coffee <laughs> <laughs> it's always some this new clothes this new designer and it always is um what you are is not enough and to you need things to complete you yeah things so that keeps us constantly on this chase because intrinsically inside us i think there's something that knows that there is no thing that can complete us no we are complete already and the striving for outside of things keeps you keeps you on that circle or well, i think it was it bill hicks said on the circle jerk of, of <laughs> uh, on the on the treadmill keeps you going because it doesn't matter how many uh TVs and uh cars and so on yeah, i guess it would never be enough yeah exactly yeah and so we create these uh special days we create these special days but what if we looked at it a different way 
and there's not one day more special than another and every day is an earth day mm. so we see the extraordinariness in every day as we see in our lives that extraordinary things can happen on july the 5th also they can happen on may the 27th also they can happen on april the 14th yeah september the 26th uh october the 19th hmm. they're all earth days hmm. we don't have to wait for one particular day we don't have to wait for this special so-called special occasion to wear the clothes that we've been saving up for the great mm. occasion, which are sitting in our uh, wardrobe, which we never wear because we're waiting for the day to wear them. Yeah. Why not make this day today? Mm. Make this day. So that way is you're in the here and now. Mm -hmm. Rather than making one day particularly special, just recognize the specialness in every day. And it can be said that, and an argument to that may be, uh, well, if you make every day special, then there's no special days. But if you look at it a different way, yes, but they're all extraordinary days then. Yeah. Because in this, we have limited time in this spaceship called the human body. Uh, the infinite, but it's in the in the vehicle we call the mind body. It has an infinite time, mm. and when you factor in that there is um, a quarter of your life is sleep, and there's sometimes you're going to be un unwell and unable to do things. Um, if we came from that perspective, we will see the extraordinariness and the possibilities that can happen while we're driving these vehicles. Mm. and then we see that these vehicles called the human body are then extraordinary in itself what they allow us to do we come into this body consciousness expressing itself in the human body and wow it can see wow there's awareness of hearing awareness of touching tasting smelling <gasps> wow there's an opportunity to know something other than itself. Yeah. Because in consciousness is one, isn't it? Mm -hmm. But we can experience in these physical mind bodies something other than us. Mm -hmm. So if we come from the knowing to just, just the oneness and then express but through these mind-body vehicles, we can see another, that another is us. Yeah. That tree, that blade of grass, um, Johnny from down the road, whoever it may be. Mm -hmm. I think, and then that brings a vibrancy to them every single moment. Yeah. And every single moment is an earth day. Mm. Tomorrow is an earth day. What we call December the 31st, as the earth has um, made its way around the sun, and we call it a year, is an earth day. But so is January the 3rd and 4th. Yeah. 
and the earth goes around the sun and the moon goes around the earth and we have the other nine planets in our solar systems and there are vast other solar systems in this universe in this galaxy in the is it the cosmic cloud billions and trillions yeah and in this space we have an opportunity to experience earth mm. And when you stop to think of it in that way, then it becomes, it's quite extraordinary, isn't it? Wow. I'm in this human body. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) How can we play? And we talked about that, didn't we? You know, the art of play. Mm. Play is very important. Yeah. Because we began this, um, the Coffee Diaries, with a play. Mm-hmm. The uh, thinking about how can we play, what can we do, and our discussions during the week lead us into a topic that we don't know we're going to discuss. And even yeah. when we discuss a topic, we go off on different, the uh, different avenues anyway. Mm-hmm. And that's just like um, when the five-year-old is playing with lego so he puts a lego one on the other and at the beginning it's going to be a building then it turns into a car Mm. then it makes itself into a skyscraper then then the child pushes it over and then makes something else of it Mm. it's not set and fixed into it's going to be this yeah I think it said in the book, um, I, think it, I think it's the book called Sophie's World, which I read a long time ago. That's what makes Lego one of the, um, the best toys. Yeah, it, it is. It's great. Uh, both my kids love playing with Lego. And uh, Lego, uh, from Lego, you're learning about the you can also bring into different ways of teaching. You can talk about cells, atoms. Mm -hmm. You can talk about the stars. You can talk about the universe. You can talk about mathematics. Mm. You can talk about chemistry and physics. All you can use and talk about all these things just by playing with a, um, a block of Lego. And maybe when we go out to see things as you know we're creating them as they are mm-hmm. and to have that playfulness and i think we've spoken about it before not going back to the child mind because there's no all we ever have is the child mind yeah but once we put on the uh, suit and tie, or as my friend calls it, the um, the uh, suit and noose, mm-hmm. uh, once we put that on, we forget a lot of these things. Yeah, we, we, we start pretending, you know. And kids start it pretty early. They play a game called house, and they pretend to be the dad or the mom and 
I used to play it as a kid all the time. And, um, <laughs> you know, the, you know, and you would act very serious and, and then you look, we somehow begin to take those roles very seriously. And, you know, one time I was taking the, the train in Manhattan and I looked at everyone and I just was able to see the child. They all look like kids. They all look like kids wearing uh, uh, adult personalities, like, you know, like just like really t taking the role too seriously. So the childlike uh, mind, I wonder what that, what I would describe it as is, um, now I'm going to put labels, um, which don't really uh, do it uh, justice, but curiosity, wonder, playfulness, you know, when they don't under, they don't really get certain questions. Like I'm always in the habit of asking my kids, and this is just my thing. It's just, oh, how are you doing today? And they're, they, they usually don't answer. You know, I have to ask them, uh, how are you? And they, I could tell, it's just not, like, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> like, how I, am I? What does that, how am I? But you ask somebody in the street, how are you doing? And they know to say, oh, I'm okay. I'm doing great. I'm doing, you know, so how are you doing? You know, the, the kids don't know. They're playing with Legos. So they're like, I'm playing with Legos, <laughs> you know, it, it doesn't register. And whenever, whenever I ask him that I sound, I realize the absurdity of the question, as well as this um, conditioning from me to ask them that question, because I don't know what the hell else to do with myself. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what to do. Like, how do I, maybe I should just start playing with them and, and, and you know, but I am like, it's like another distraction, another um, sort of strange things that maybe we do to avoid life, you know, to, to feel, I don't know, these strange ways that we, relate to each other that we sort of connect or um feel a part of something you know and and maybe it would work with someone at the supermarket or someone somewhere else but with the kids who are not in that condition and it doesn't work mm. you know because they're not you know and, and they'll learn that whole they'll become socialized and everything and <laughs> And then they will say, oh, I'm doing okay, and, you know, or say whatever, you know, and maybe they'll rebel um, towards it at a certain age, which is very natural. Um, and then we'll kind of stomp out that rebellion and force them into this, like, like the movie, The Dead Poet <laughs> Society, force them into being socialized in this way. And um ignoring their innocence and their soul and to prepare them to get them ripe and open to fit into society and so that 
advertisers can, can have a target <laughs> <laughs> that's open enough to keep this thing, you know, the can like in the Reagan era, there was this economist, or it was before Reagan, actually. It was after the Depression. The economist, one of the lead economists said, um, what we need to, the solution, you know, as we are coming out of the Depression, is what we need to do from here on out, is the the program is consume, buy, uh, consume and throw away. So buy, buy, buy. And, and throw away. So we're the consume and throw away generations, you know, so that's, that's what we're doing. We're buying and buying and buying and throwing away. Nobody bothered to think, really think that through of what that is going to happen to the human species, you know, and to the planet. Um, so interesting. Yeah, and the fact that, and you said something there, you said, so they get to 15, 16, and they rebel. But we hammer, we adults hammer it, hammer them back into shape. Yeah. Into the square form. Because obviously then it's not natural for them, is it, to fit into these boxes. So they have to get hammered and chiseled back in. And it's done through fear threats isn't it exactly don't do what you're told you're not going to pass your school exams you won't get this job you won't get the loan and i think also when you give students loans again that's the hammer saying you have to obey the societal conditions that we have created because now we have a noose around your neck which is called a debt yeah and you'd have to play by the rules to pay us back. Mm. So to even, even if you want to rebel, you have this weight that we've placed on their shoulders and they're 19, 20, 21, and they, they may have 90,000. I know in America it's even more, hundreds of thousands yeah. in debt. So what are we saying? What are we saying? That the only way to get people in line is to use fear and the hammer against them. Mm. And we say it so trivially, but that's normal. It seems to be that's normal how our society runs. Yeah. We accept it. And we talk about the economy. <laughs> Frankly, I don't even know what the economy is. <laughs> what is the economy? What yeah. is it? In in the um, in the uh, nations who lived in the uh, in the rainforest or wherever, it, was there an economy then? Obviously, there wasn't one like there is now. No. So, uh, would they even have known of the word economy? Because it seems like if you say, and let's think of this economy to, to economize, I think needs to, it, does it mean to save, to economize, mm. to value what you have? But it seems to be that they twisted the word economy into spend and buy. Yeah. It's just a thought that I, I have. So it seems to be it's even going against what it is. And 
I, I don't know how many people out there, if they said, what is the economy, would even know how to answer that question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... We're preparing humans in this human form to spend the majority of their lives serving a thing which we don't even understand mm-hmm. what it means. Mm-hmm. Mm. And to spend much of our life surfacing the lifestyle of corporations and people who we don't even know. Yeah. Uh, not uh, going without sleep. I think that's probably why there's so much, you know, um, what legal, I'll talk about the legal drugs here to keep mm-hmm. you going. Maybe it's part of just to keep, just to keep functioning. It's required. Yeah. In this, in this world that has been created. Yeah. So is it possible for us to sit back and look? in a world that's designed not to allow you, not to give you the opportunity to sit back and look. So the very fact, the very thought process of it's time to sit back is also at the same time de-linking from the system itself, yeah. which is, I think, what they don't want. Hmm. You're going against the grain. Then. And many times, it's not even just the major corporations and businesses that are doing it. It could be your own family or friends who you might have to step back from just to give yourself a breath because your way, you're going a different way now. Yeah. First people to come at you will be the closest people to you. Oh, get back in line. Do what (laughs) we're doing. Uh, (laughs) Come on. It's the way it's always been. Yeah. It's traditional. Um, come on, why are you being so strange? Yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's especially family family members. Um, you know, I've had those experiences myself with family members. And also I see when I do that with my kids, you know, um, because when they're it's not even that they're thinking outside of the box, they're already they're not in the box. Not completely, you know, they, the schools are putting them in the box and I'm sure I put them in the box. And so they have, they're a little bit in the box, but they're out of the box as well. And um, yeah, I do find myself, my own, it's coming from my own fears, my own, oh no, we don't do that. You know, that's, that's, um, it could be simple things like um, eat in a certain way or making a mess, you know, um, like for, for me, like making a like, no, you, oh my gosh, you made a, you made a mess, you know, and it, it's like, that's my interpretation. Is it really, is it really a mess? I could say, oh, wow, you, that looks really interesting. <laughs> that's a, you know, uh, you know, of course, you can clean it up after or but we don't have to treat it in the sort of um traditional or programmed ways that that we treat things you know you you have to do things in a certain way and it takes a lot of courage to step out of that to step away from that 
um, which I've been doing personally in, in my life, um, questioning a lot of things and a lot of the assumptions. And um, a part of it is being able to to step away from um, the distractions and be with myself and and um, and question where, okay, everyone is every but everyone is saying that I should be feeling afraid right now. I mean, that's the messaging that I'm getting from social media, that I'm getting from the media. Everyone is saying that I should be thinking this way about this subject. But the conflict is I don't. <laughs> it really doesn't. Like, I, I, I don't. And, like, and so if I'm talking to someone and they have, they bring up the the the, the sort of, um, in vogue re response to question. So what do you think about this topic? And, you know, as a way, and, and I can tell they're just saying it because it's like the, you, you put the program in the computer. And again, I, I'm the computer as well. So I'm not like, I, I'm not trying to um, a judge or anything. I'm just trying to make a point. But when you, when you put the program in the computer and you turn the computer on, that program is going to run until you change up the program or until like in, in the matrix, there's a little glitch or, you know, you take the, the red pill and, and step outside of the program. So, so I noticed the, the, the sort of catchphrases that people use nowadays and they use them with me. And I've never been a catchphrase type of person, even since I was a kid, it just never made sense to me. And I've always, when people would ask me things or say certain things, I'd always feel self-conscious in my response because I would use a catchphrase and I would always look, I would always think, oh, I'm such an um, insecure person or, you know, why am I not so confident? And the, the issue I'm starting to see was because I realized on a gut level, how how it was not genuine, how it was a catchphrase, and my gut was knew that I'm lying. So essentially, I am lying. I'm being a fraud, and I don't. And so the fear of being found out that I've carried around all of my life was because I was afraid you were, but you were doing the same thing. So it's like okay, like. I forget who says, I think it's Ron Ram Das or someone says that we, okay, I'll agree to be this character, this personality, and you agree to be that. And, and we will agree to, to do this together and be in, you know, this, uh, you know, just basically be a fake, be a fraud, you know, um, <laughs> You know, my my uh, my ex used to call me a fraud all the time. I used to get so upset, but, you know, um, and I don't know what the intentions there were, but I was a fraud. I am a fraud. I I'm a fraud. If I'm going outside and interacting with other people, chances are maybe a good portion of my life, I'm a fraud, you know, so so uh, so I'm a fraud. I'm making things up. I'm not, it's not really coming from, 
if someone asked, if someone were to ask me, well, how are you doing? Like my honest answer would really be, I have no idea. And that's such a ridiculous question. Why are we wasting time with this? In fact, I don't even really want to talk about this stuff right now. You know, like that doesn't interest me at all. Um, you know, so like, can we talk about like the look at what's going on in, in the world? And uh, let's let's talk about something, something else, something meaningful. Or yes, just sing or or do something you know if i were to be honest you know i i would i would say something like that but i say the same things over stay safe out there you know just uh, are you prepared or you know or or whatever is the the and i and i'm not to say that to say to downplay anything or people that are feeling concerned or have health issues or anything like that, you know, that's, that's not the thing. It's, it's more of realizing um, how this sort of knee jerk reaction. um, And, and it's, it's relevant. It's very important because we could have, we knee jerk reaction ourselves into destroying ourselves and the planet. (laughs) You know, um, we, you know, we, we just kind of, I think you said it, we just, we just sort of um, have resigned ourselves to be okay with listening to politicians who are full of shit, you know, and, and know that they're lying because we're lying half the time. And, and like, these are, these are our leaders, you know, these are the people that are in control of the country. And then we have one of their important ones stand up, talk about the economy. And we're saying, OK, if we do this, this and this, we'll get back on track. And we get this false sense of comfort, which really is just like giving a shot of of heroin or opium to the masses, like injecting it right into your vein and saying, because you know that they're doing the same thing. Like we know that Native Americans said it so long ago that what you're doing is not gonna work and you're gonna find out it's not gonna work. You can keep putting a Band-Aid over it for as many years as you want, but mother nature is gonna fight back. It's just not going to work. If you see that the results, um, and and we're trying to decorate shit with a pretty bowl and nice wrapping, it's still going to smell and it's still, you're still going to have shit, but we're looking at shit and saying, wow, you know, there's, yeah, the 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 uh, the Dow Jones is up, and the uh, you know this number is up, and you know Wall Street, the economy's doing great right now. You know, meanwhile we're in trillions of dollars of debt <laughs> here in the West. <laughs> it, it, it's amazing sometimes because if you think you would want the the wisest, the most compassionate, the most genuinely loving people to be part of what we call politics. Yeah. We want those 
humans who just the sheer joy of life exudes from their very presence. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> For them, the water is just so, it's just, it's, it's us. Mm-hmm. We, to look after it would be them. It's, it's just our very being. Yeah. But the guys up there seem to be have nothing, <laughs> nothing to do with that. No. And and they ask the questions and they never answer them. And they're <laughs> very skilled. And you know, I think we should have this right now. So whenever we watch the, the news, okay. So firstly, before you turn it on, is few is a few things you've got to just put into your into the psyche. <laughs> Cleanse the third eye and just look into the okay. So before I turn on the news, there's a few things that I've got to remember. It's made by is a producer, there's a director, there's a cameraman, probably loads of producers. Yeah. And they've sculpted this piece of news to get an impact from the viewer. Okay. I, I, I still can't tell the TV set on you, though. I've yeah. got to, it's another thing I've got to remember that the guy reading it has in front of him a teleprompter. Yeah. With the words that have been written down. And these words have been written down by maybe quite a few people and they've gone through it to get it exactly to get the biggest impact. But don't turn on the TV set yet. Mm. We've got to remember in his ear, there's a is a is an earphone in his ear where yeah. he's been spoken to by the director. Don't turn on the TV set yet. We're still not ready. Uh, his suit and tie have been especially chosen for this particular evening for the mm. show. But don't turn it on yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. His words and phrasing and what they show you from clips have been edited by a guy who's called an editor mm. to shape the view that they want you to have. Yeah. But don't tell on yet. <laughs> uh, in that studio around them are hundreds of people who are getting their sources of information from a very few, very tiny news amount of news agencies. Now let's turn on the TV set. Let's yeah. watch it. We can see his eyes going, going to the teleprompter. We see mm-hmm. him going, oh, he just heard something in his ear. We're hearing all this. We're hearing the script. Yeah. We're hearing the script. We're hearing this story. We're hearing this agenda. I'm not saying that every single thing on there, it probably is being, every single thing probably is being focused to show a certain viewpoint. But let's turn it on knowing this. Mm-hmm. Let's see it for ourselves because if friends spoke to us the way um, newscasters and politicians spoke to us, they wouldn't be our friends for uh, very long. No. <laughs> we will say, you know what, after you've lied once or twice, you know, we're not friends anymore. But we accept. And, and they call it, you know, twisting the, twisting the story. Yeah. Or shape, well, I don't know what, what a word is, shaping the narrative. That's a good word, isn't it? Yeah, shaping, <laughs> yeah. the <narrative. laughs> shaping the narrative. To suit a particular agenda, and I think before we even turn turn the TV set on, just to be aware of these things. Yeah, editors, producers, directors, marketing, advertising people, mm. someone who's worked on their dress and their clothes. You know, all of this stuff is going on. 
Yeah. So let's squidgy the third eye. <laughs> and just, <laughs> and then sit back and just breathe a bit and to let it just, okay. Hmm. Let's see for what it is. Yeah. And how many, have you ever heard anyone in these, in what Bill Hicks called politics, where Bill Hicks says, poly meaning many, ticks meaning blood-sucking animals. (laughs) 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 As the comedian Bill Hicks, have you heard any of them mention compassion? Just a word. Empathy. Have you heard them mention love? And I can't recall in my time ever hearing that, but you know, the most important thing is you love your children. So isn't that the prime, shouldn't that be just the prime thing that they're talking about? Mm. That's the most important thing. Yeah. What else could come in front of that for you? Yet we never hear that spoken of. But if it's the most important thing, why is it not spoken of? Mm. And we know it's the most important thing because we would do anything for these people. Yeah. Oh, so they might say, oh, on today's newscast, newscast how could, today uh, we're going to talk about how to express love and compassion to all of humanity. Mm. That's the news at 10. Yeah. Have you ever heard that? No, no. <laughs> but in a sane world, wouldn't that not be... I'm just thinking out loud here. Wouldn't that be the most, one of the most important stories? Mm. Today, there was a, um, uh, all the political parties got together and they talked about how they can uh, be more loving and compassionate to the rest of mankind and all of you. Wouldn't that be a great uh, government meeting? Mm. Have you heard that? No. And, and news, news is in, it seems to be, it seems to live in the past. It it it's not think it's not really, you know. You talk. We talked a, a little bit the other day about manifestation and creating something beautiful and a world that's um, self sustaining. That is um, that the order of the day is compassion, cooperation, uh, love, um, uh, empathy, and um, rather than 
fear, you know, um, and the news seems to be rehashing a narrative. If you listen to the news, there are certain key phrases and certain themes that is just played over and over and over. Blame, fear, cynicism. There's a lot of cynicism. Sarcasm. There's a lot, of, you know. Um, and every now and then, they'll show a cat being saved in, in, in a tree. You know, let's give them the cat. It's a very cute story. Let's put that in there uh, at the end. And then they play it over and over. So there's an addictive quality. Many people that are watching the news, they have it just playing in, in the background because they're, they're, we've become so accustomed of this sort of, we, it gets you in this sort of survival mode, which appeals to the ego. Um, like, yeah, beware of what's going to happen. And, and they do it with, they catch you with the way the titles come up. Ding, 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 breaking news. Today at war, you know, in the voice. Today at seven o'clock, there's blah, 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 blah. get ready. <laughs> and, uh, you know, very serious and, you know, very not relaxed, not like, you know, uh, how's everyone doing today? You know, just kind of, why don't, why don't, for today, for the news, um, you know, the news could be like, yeah, you know, there's this guy in, um, I don't know, you know, there's this guy in Brooklyn. Um, he cleans windows uh, for a, a living. He's just really chilled and laid back and, and, uh, and, and really is about that. It's, it's not about what, it's not about what you do. You know, that doesn't, that, that doesn't determine your value or your, or your self-worth, but he just enjoys like uh, meeting people and, and cleaning the, cleaning the windows and learning about other people. And, um, you know, and uh, he doesn't buy much. You know, he doesn't need to spend so much money or anything. And, and uh, yeah, so that's the news for today. And uh, <laughs> yeah, so we, we can, we can, it's all about narrative. And the news promotes a narrative that promotes fear, that appeals to the ego, that has this addictive quality that gets us to keep turning on to see if anything happened. Uh, you know, shooting at five o'clock, three people shot today. Oh my gosh, did you hear the news today? Three people were shot. And we always seem very surprised when that happens, but that, <laughs> that happens all the time. You know, it, 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 it happens all the time. And I wonder, and it's, the news doesn't really talk about the backstory of why things are that things like that are happening. It's not saying, Hey, there's these shootings because look at the damn world that we've created because of these damn corporations. And, and because of what we humans are putting our focus on, like the news is let's get together and change things because, you know, 
we are just as responsible for these students as the three as the 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 young person or the young couple of people that that were involved in this gang war or whatever happened you know um, who are they learning from you know they don't talk about the gangs the united states of america gang that is going around um bombing other countries and and doing these sort of things and um you know um yeah so they're the narrative see we have the power to change the the narrative but i think first like in um uh george orwell's 1984 we need to we first need to know the truth like we can't have blinders on like you said we need to see that there's the director the writer and news media sensation they use sensationalism to to uh, get ratings, and they they um, compete with other news, um, you know, uh, uh, news companies. So, so they use a, a narrative, but we have the power to change the the narrative. And um, first, we become aware, and this is what we're doing here. That's just naturally coming up in the podcast. So. I think, you know, if someone isn't aware of what Ron just talked about before turning on the news, you know, experiment before you turn on the news, do that little, that could be in practice and you could do it with so many things. Like, I think part of it is beginning to view things from a, a, a neutral stance and question these knee-jerk reactions as uh james baldwin would always say you know learn to think for yourself question things you know question why do i feel this way you know what what is the basis of this belief has i read if you think it through and you still hold that belief um then that's fine but even think through your, you know, wherever you get, wherever, you know, wherever you get these confirmations from to back up um, your ideas and perspectives, we can question those, you know, and, you know, we have something called confirmation by uh, bias. So if there's something that we believe in, we look for things to confirm that. So one thing that could be helpful is, looking at the opposite point of view as well in looking at um i like to peel the onion back all the way to the root of of everything you know and this brings us back to um, what we talked about the other day coming back and living from this natural way of being realizing that we've complicated the hell out of life we made things so complicated. You know, I was in nature the other day and I was just enjoying learning from geese. They were teaching me. So I was sitting, watching the geese, watching how graceful they were and noticing when I was labeling them, noticing when I was trying to categorize them and put them in a box. And, and then I stopped doing that and realized I don't know what geese are. Like, I can't listen to geese 
if I'm busy defining geese and defining the experience that I'm having, if I'm busy defining an experience, then that makes a presumption, I'm presuming that I know. And so there's no reason to even entertain this idea of having experience because I'm just going from this program, you know, that I know, you know, and, and this is my own, my own biases at play. And from that place, I can't learn anything, you know, and uh, so if, if we start off with, I don't know, I don't know what geese are, and just wait. <sighs> and just see like what, what the geese are trying to tell me. And if I'm lucky, maybe they will reveal themselves in some way. Because geese are the same as consciousness. It's not, not anything different. So maybe consciousness will reveal itself. And then a thought came that if humans were more like geese, then we'd be okay. And so the I, the thought was, aha, geese geese have gave me have given me an answer. And then I picked up my iPhone and wrote it down. And I looked down and I thought, oh, maybe I should post this on social media because this will sound very clever. And, and maybe people will think, wow, Ari is very wise. And yeah, this is a brilliant one. Or maybe they won't. Like, should I waste uh, posting it? And I went through all this stuff. And then I looked up. And the geese have moved on. <laughs> and I thought, ah, oh, I missed the lesson. <laughs> I missed the lesson. <laughs> so in your awareness in that stillness in that moment you saw the geese but at the same time the geese are um, giving you a lesson on the stillness is there but there's movement at the same time exactly the fact that you looked away for that momentary time you came out of your stillness and wasn't aware of the moving Mm. So maybe yeah. that's so the whole story, it what you just said is the lesson then. Yeah. Not the first or initial one of oh, we can learn from the geese. Maybe it was the whole arc of it mm. which is the story. And you said that, you know, sometimes we see things and we don't see the bigger picture. So TV and news and many history class in school never give you the full backstory. Yeah. The backstory to your interview with the, with the geese wasn't the first initial, oh, yeah, let's be more like the geese. It was mm -hmm. what can happen maybe if the mind gets hold of it, what it can do, then it brings in Facebook and it brings in the messaging and it brings in, oh, should I really post this? All of that was part of the story. Yeah. And that was the extraordinary lesson. Yeah. And it's happening all the time. Mm. Yeah. And um, 
So we spoke about the geese and also the what you said and the labeling it dropped. So the we didn't there was no there didn't seem to be a fighting that that you are connected to separate this fell away and connection was automatic. Yeah. You didn't have to try to be connected, did you? You were there and you noticed them. Mm. The separation fell. So maybe it's seeing the next seeing the seeing the separation brings about the connection. Yeah. Or the knowing that knowing of the connection. You said before seeing the fraudulent behavior mm-hmm. is maybe an important step to see it. And the very seeing of it allows it to dissolve. Yeah. Maybe it's an extraordinary breakthrough to see the fraudulent behavior. To when, as you said, someone comes up to you and says, How are you doing? How easy it is to go into the script? Oh, I'm doing okay. I'm fine. I'm doing very well. Um, Jodie's got a new school. I've got a new piano. Okay, that's the script. Mm-hmm. It feels something strange inside of us. You know what the reality is? What's our, maybe the conversation will go, you know, I'm sure I'm discovering my purpose in this life. I had an extraordinary dream the other day. Um, can we, can we, can we uh, manifest by, how quickly can we manifest by focusing our minds? What an extraordinary tool the mind is. Maybe that'll be the conversation in the future. Not, oh, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah. And a lot of times, have you ever said to somebody, asked somebody, how are you? And they said they're okay, and they and you know that they're not okay. Yeah. And you know they're not okay. Mm-hmm. They know they're not okay, but we continue the conversation as if they're okay. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> so... We've got these two characters <laughs> <laughs> playing this game yeah. of pretending uh, <laughs> uh, mm. things are okay. Yeah, maybe it will be. Maybe that's causes that's a cause of a lot of the depression and anxiety because we're not really saying what we're feeling. Mm. And how long can you keep that going for without it burdening in us? How long do we have, how long can we act? Yeah. Before it becomes too much. And it may be the crash happens and the crash is not a breakdown. Maybe it's a breakthrough. Mm. But in many cases, when the crash happened, then they're hospitalized and given drugs to get them back to where they were originally. Yes. There, you know, it. I had an experience like that uh, yesterday in, in a phone call. I won't go into to detail out of res- respect for the person, but it, uh, you know, we had a converse. We had, I had a little bit of an ar- an argument, which w- turned into really hearing each other out and being open which turned into a like 
getting to know each other in a deeper way, which which we hadn't done in very little times. We have we have done that, and I noticed that when that was happening, there was that fear came up. To try to, oh, I need to try to get things back into the sort of the get back into the roles, the safe roles that we were playing, because there's this feeling of punishment, or, or else I'm gonna be punished. Punishment is one of those other things that were put down into society. And so it's, it's like strategically placed there. Do you be punished? Follow these uh, these rules, or you're going to be you're going to be punished. You know, and, and then as a society, we have this punish and reward system. In in certain religions, we have your your punishment is hell, your reward is heaven. <laughs> you know. Choose which one do you want? <laughs> you know, which one do you want? And uh, you know, um, and then if you sin, you know, which we all have, once they kind of go down the list, then it's like, oh man, even if you think some of the things, I'm like, what if I think it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> I was a kid, I heard these things. I'm filled with it. You know, I went around thinking that I'm going to get punished for everything I, I, I'm doing. And I don't think we realize how much of that sinks into um, who we are, our, you know, our being, you know, um, who we are as a person. So... We play these games because part of it is like, like we're both saying to each other, we're being watched. You say your role, we'll both be good. We'll say what we're supposed to be. We won't, we won't be punished. We'll be okay. Everything will be all right. And it doesn't work, you know, and especially in, in relationships, intimate relationships between man and woman or whoever, man and man or you know, woman and woman, but intimate relationships when, when your significant other is uh, angry and you say, how are you? How are you doing? Uh, I'm, I'm fine. <laughs> and you know that they're not fine because you did something to upset them. And you say, you're sure? Yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. And then, and then you may use the tactic of, okay, they say they're fine. I'll just pre pretend that nothing happened. Okay, you want some, uh, you know, what's going on today? You want, And then they'll start playing that game and they'll know that you know that they're not fine, <laughs> but you're playing this game and they, they get more angry. And then, then you start being passive aggressive. They start being passive aggressive with you. And then you start being more sar sarcastic and then, and then being passive because they, you ask them and they're not, you know, all this stuff goes on and then it blows up, you know, it blows up and uh, you end up exploding and yelling at each other. And then maybe something could come out of that because there's, at least at that moment, truth has come up. And if, if one person is willing to 
to be a little bit open, you know, not go totally defensive because you could both go into defenses and then maybe something could come out of that. Maybe something um, you could find out what's really going on. Yeah. So it's a, um, I don't know, like going back to the holidays because Christmas is, is tomorrow. And um You know, I have kind of neutral feelings about Christmas. I, I, um, I feel in a lot of ways it doesn't make sense. I, I'm not like a big Christmas person. I play. I, 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 I do it to make other people feel comfortable. I don't want my kids to feel left out or anything like that. And they get they've already been sort of brainwashed in school because that's all they've been talking about is Christmas, Christmas, Christmas. <laughs> And Santa Claus, and I'm like, okay, um, but yeah, I think as as a group, you know, we do need to start having discussions and thinking about um, if, if we're going to do these holidays, is there a way that we can do them where we're not stressing ourselves needlessly? You know, we're not um added more plastics and garbage and the amount of boxes with amazon and you know now everybody's using amazon nowadays and we're wrapping in this fancy paper that we're going to throw away right at so the paper is just there to to wrap and throw away and we just conveniently ignore it like can we at least be conscious about what we're doing? I think that's the thing. Can we be conscious of how it's impacting the environment? If we're going to do it, let's do it consciously. How it's impacting the, like, if you decide, okay, I don't care about trees, then say it and do it and say, say okay, I know it's hurting. I know that we're destroying these trees. Go out in nature. and. Um, Spend time with the trees and then do it. And at least then you begin to feel like what you're doing. And then you have more of a chance to make different decisions, you know, because um, there's other ways to do things. You know, there's other ways to celebrate. I'm not saying to get rid of the holidays completely. You know, some people enjoy them, but we can change the narrative. We can become conscious. We can make them. Um, we can make them different. We can, the Native Americans said that. They said, I'm not, they said, I'm not saying get rid of Thanksgiving. You know, I've heard uh, Natives uh, being interviewed about this. Um, they're just saying, if you're going to do it, know the truth of the history and do it in a different way. If you're going to give gratitude and appreciation, change it. Just don't unconsciously go and like do it in this way you know um honor natives honor talk about what happened you know talk about where this tradition came from you know yeah and we've spoken of the word society and like society is out there society yeah. is you and me yeah so <clears throat> Where do we start? We start here. Yeah. If you 
So if we want to look at it in a different way, yes, we all, we decide, you know, I'm not buying, I know I'm going to feel the kind of, the, the pull to get something, but this year I'm not buying anything. I'm definitely not going to wrap anything. But what you may do, you may carve something out of a piece, a piece of wood because you've learned how to do some carpentry. Yeah. You've, rather than bought a card, which is going to be thrown away, you've written a letter or something really meaningful. You've, you're going to recite a poem. That's going to be your, your present. You mm. spent time in it. It's come from you. You're going to re- recite a poem. Um, you're going to spend time reflecting and talking. You're going to ask someone, a great present is, what's your passion? Can I help you see it through? Yeah. That's a great present I would have thought, isn't it, really? Yeah. What's your passion? How can we help see it through? So we can talk about society, this society, that, but also, but again, we create society mm. and it comes from I. I and I. Yeah. Our friend said uh, this year, she said she's more people this year have said they're not buying any new clothes and she's a, a dressmaker. So mm-hmm. she, she, um, she um, fixes clothes, no new clothes more than any other time in her life. Yeah. So let's fix and let's see our friends and children and let, let them see us doing it. Mm-hmm. So let's create a new way rather than fight against the old way. Let's go this new way. So somebody, when somebody goes to you next day, Ade, how are you doing? You, you might say, do you know what? Of infinite consciousness expressing itself in this human body. Um, last <laughs> last <laughs> night, I, I, I did some astral traveling around the planet Venus and I yeah. came back. It, it could be that. Yeah. And say, how are you? I'm okay. Oh, just okay. Oh, okay. <laughs> And, oh. and, and speaking of speaking of doing something, before I forget, do, doing something different as, as gifts for the holiday. If you're gonna give gifts, and you know, um, you can support small businesses. So I'm not saying get rid of like we need things. We need, um, you know, we need clothes. We enjoy since ancient times, uh, jewelry and things like that. And what I like is I have this bracelet. <laughs> See? And it's, uh, this is actually my favorite bracelet. And it is from a black owned business uh, woman. She makes this handmade. And she makes, she like, I got this years ago and she's been continuing to, to make bracelets and they just get better and better. Uh, her business is Ultra Violet Rain. And I, uh, I'll, 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 I put a link on this Facebook and I'll do it also on YouTube. And uh, she's a friend of mine. Again, it's, you know, I wanted to mention this and support because 
yeah, get it from your friends. You don't have to support these big corporations and especially uh, people of color because we need to support more of us to have our businesses and, and finding ways to be, um, you know, live self-sustaining and not rely on, on these corporations. And so if you go to her website, ultravioletrain.com, um, she has a bunch of merchandise that she makes herself. She's a true artist um, and she works really hard. And her name is uh, Koresha, Koreshe, Koreshe, Koreshe. Am I saying it uh, correct, Ron? Uh can I look and see what you wrote? Yeah, down? yeah, yeah. I just want to make sure because okay. names are important. Oh, sorry, it's here. It's here, isn't it? Yeah, okay. it's on the text. Um, Karache Onaki Soulfire. Yeah. Onaki Soulfire. Karache. Karache. I hope I'm not messing that up, Karache. So, yeah, so uh, get her merchandise. I wear it all the time. And stones are, are are good, you know. To I have them uh, around our home, and and I try to wear different stones, and like I have this thing, and and different things. So I just wanted to to put that little uh, plug there, as we <laughs> talked about, uh, you know, that we want to do on our podcast is, uh, you know, it's not about this is bigger than Ron and I. This is about. This is part of us building community and lifting up, um, you know, small businesses and people that are that are, um, you know, we want to promote these things because it's part of building community and and um, building, manifesting the type of world that that we want, you know, and and that we envision. And so, I just want to mention that yeah you know Ade, the important thing there is that we're here to learn yeah and there's so much to learn so with this platform the people that we've had the opportunity to speak to already has opened our minds yeah we've heard some things we've talked with people that have already expanded our scope of the possibility yeah. So this is an opportunity to have long form discussions and to learn things from, you know, let's learn from communities that we don't really hear from. Mm -hmm. And let's put some of what we're saying into practice. Let's take it out of the, you know, the thing we talk about, take it out of the meditation hall and let's take it into um, our everyday life, you know. Yeah. If we're going to eat or better, maybe it's a, it's a start learning how to farm. Yeah, very important. Um, what's it like to walk? We can talk about connection with the trees, but what's it like for us to walk barefoot in the forest? Mm -hmm. We said the other day, we can spend years without unless we go to the beach, of course, without our feet touching the earth. Yeah. Let's, um, and you spoke about this as well, that time you said you were, I think, on the tube and you saw someone who was in presence and how that affects us. Hmm. So if we're in presence on the tube, it resonates. Yeah. 
that's the meditation. So let's take it to the tube. Let's do the supermarket meditations. Let's support our friends doing their own creative artistry. Let's um, go out into the forest, let's learn about this thing. Let's, let's be connected to what we're breathing, what we're eating, what we're saying. Let's be let's, let there be awareness of the fraudulent, mm-hmm. of the programmed. Let's be aware of this matrix. Yeah. And the awareness of it is seeing it would allow the force to, to dissolve. What mm-hmm. I say, I think I heard from one teacher say, the ego cannot cannot survive in the fires of awareness. Mm. And I can't remember who said that. So if you please to message, I can't remember who said that. I think it was a, um, so let's see it in ourselves. Let's go out there and take these coffee diaries into anybody who's watching it. If you have any ideas, people be interested to come on and speak to Mm. different countries around the world. Yeah. Be wonderful because I think what this has offered us opportunity Mm -hmm. is you're in New York. I'm in London, but this hasn't stopped our, our flow of communication at all. Yeah. This New York and London is an idea. Mm. We've gate crashed that, gone through to the party and gone, wow, where's the line? Yeah. The line is, where is the line? We've seen that the line wasn't real and we're talking here right now in real time. Creating and learning about things. So if we if we see the illusion of those boundaries, then automatically we see the illusion of all the other boundaries. So let's step up the ledge. Yeah, that's that's the invitation to to step off of the ledge. And wow, yeah, that that's that's very powerful. What you said, it's. Hmm. Because that keeps that. From there, we're always learning up. Yeah. And it's such a simple statement, but it's so powerful. I'm still learning. Hmm. How are you? I'm still learning. Maybe that's the... And I got that from the teacher, uh, Neely Fuller, who always answers, I'm still learning, and trying to incorporate that. So how are you, Ron? I'm still learning. I'm still learning. Yeah. And the question I get after after that often is, what are you learning about? Which is a million different things. The conversation can go off into different things. But you allow that by that response and openness to inquire. I'm still learning. I'm still learning. I mean, that's a great response to anything. Why don't you do that? Why'd you do that? I'm still learning. (laughs) 
I'm still I'm I'm still learning. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is it is op it's so open. And um yeah, we, we never stop learning. There's so much to to learn and um And I think like one of the things that Sila uh, brought up is he says it's great us talking, but I, I like to see results. <laughs> so meaning getting out there and doing uh, things, and we always talk about bringing the uh, meditation out of the the uh, studio and into life, and and it can be in small ways. So I. Like these podcasts, kind of, we have our conversations um, on on the phone, and which lead up to every podcast. So this is kind of like the continuation of. of it's almost like a you know our our phone call, but we're not you know not on the phone, and, and kind of like check in with things taken from our experience and what we've been learning and. And what we've been talking about, and then bringing it here and sharing it to others, um, and the intention is to connect and to keep building, you know, um, and um, and bringing it into our lives, you know, bringing it, uh, bringing it in, into the out to the world, you know, uh, doing small things doesn't have to be big things, like you know. Um, like uh, Sila said, you don't have to have a farm or a whole bunch of land to grow things. You know, if you have an apartment, you can just get a little, you know, a little pot and put, put a little seed there. Just that one seed. Just put one seed, one seed at a time. And I think that's that's what we're doing. So what kind of seeds are we planting and we talked about the media what kind of seeds are they planting in the consciousness of people are there are they seeds that are going to bear um you know tasty sweet nice fruit that is um good for the collective and the answer is have they <laughs> I mean, the answer is obvious <laughs> No, <laughs> nobody has said, has, I've never heard anybody say that I've been watching news all day and every day. And it's really changed my life for the better. <laughs> I feel great. Never. I've never in the history have heard that, you know, so they're, but they are planting seeds, you know, and, and there's other people, politicians, Planting seeds, advertisers planting seeds, corporations planting seeds. So there, so we yes, in in awareness, we we can be aware and be neutral. But just remember, seeds are being planted. So we also have to plant our own seeds that that are for me compassion, cooperation, living a simple life. Um, you know, being kind to nature, doing these things. And and I'm not, I have a long, you know, I'll be forever learning and growing. And I, you know, I, I talk about a lot of things that I still haven't done in my, in my life, you know, in, in which I'm, I'm working on, you know, uh, and we keep, 
as as many times as we may have good intentions of doing these things and fall and we don't do them as as you had said to me before you know you may take one step backwards but then you learn from it and take you take two steps forward so we just keep taking those steps and it might not the impact or the flowers just like how the seasons change you plant flowers different um species of the flowers some may may bloom may come up at a certain time and then you have the roses that may come up on certain time and the lavender that may come up on certain time and you may plant them at different times or you know so there's there's a time where things will come up and we may not see the results right away you know um, but maybe the next generation they'll see the flowers come up the beautiful flowers and they'll see the fruit and they'll be able to go out and enjoy it and and maybe they will think about maybe they'll even think about wow a few generations ago these things were planted and i can if we're lucky they may be conscious of that that someone planted this some generations ago and they didn't know what was going to come up of it and maybe back then things were tough but now they have we can enjoy this if they were able to be conscious of that and hold that in reverence then we've done our job we've done a magnificent job but even if they just have the fruit and they're not conscious of all that other stuff then at least we've we've done something you know so that's that's the hope yeah. and so if anybody's watching and they've been planting seeds please send us a message you know about the seeds you've been planting, what you've been up to. And as Ade says, it can be the tiniest things, a smile, a gesture. Yeah. Go into your local store, um, creating that piece of art, reciting that poem, creating that song, starting your own business. Yeah. Because you know what? People are watching. Yeah. They're watching. And when it's done through authenticity, it resonates very powerfully and that inspires. Yes. So if you're out there and you're planting seeds, please tell us, you know. Yeah. Stila says it can be in a small box on the windowsill. Yeah. It can be, and it doesn't matter where in the world you're from. Uh, anywhere, if you know of some seeds that are being planted, let's create this uh, community, this commune. Because mm -hmm. through, this, through this medium, this commune is worldwide. Yeah. So can we go from being... We're expressing ourselves in this vehicle, which we call the human body, to becoming a universal yeah. body. Yeah. It's it's so it's so important. And and even if what you do touches one person and it changes their life in the smallest way, and and in their life, it changes their the way that they parent their kids and then it changes you know 
who their how their kids develop and how they parent their kids and and how they treat nature and what they so that one person so it's not about quantity you know so you have a uh, certain uh podcasts or videos on youtube that have millions of views but they're planting fear some a, a lot of them are just planting just this numbness you know like maybe people falling and getting hurt or or, or whatever and so yes they're affecting they they are reaching millions of people but but what are they what kind of um what are what kind what are they harvesting you know what are they what what kind of fruit is coming out of that you know so we do little little parts so it's not about quantity like Ron and I even though we have like over 10 million followers it's uh, we don't get caught up on the on the number on the numbers or, or anything like that you know Ron thinks we should promote it more and I'm saying no 10 million you know that's enough we, we can we can cut off we can cut off there. <laughs> and, and in terms of, of planting a seed as uh, Sila said you, you could do it in your apartment he started off with a little one he planted something within a tree and now he has like a whole forest of ganja plants that, that he's that, that has that if you ever seen it it's it's really it's really amazing, as well as the crops and and stuff like that. Yeah, yeah. So I, I still want to uh, visit him and and film him in, in his farm one day. But uh, so we are at the the two hour mark. Um, okay. This is this has been great. You know, this has been. I'm enjoying these conversations, and um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it's it's inspiring. Yeah, and we've got some interesting ideas for the next few shows, interesting people to come on. Yeah. And so, yeah, let's take on board what we've learned. Um, some amazing people. Your niece was an as that was an extraordinary. Oh yeah, my cousin Tanisha. Yeah, your cousin. Yeah. Yeah. The insights of that show extraordinary. Someone so young as well. Uh, talking to Sila, um, playing the drums, drums that came on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I want to have yeah. him back sometime. And Daniel, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, a lot of, yeah, but there's so much to, to learn and so many ideas that we have. So it's been a pleasure. Yeah. And, and uh, so thank you, folks. And um, I, won't, I won't tell you to stay safe. I'll say uh, uh, jump off the ledge enjoy do something do something unfamiliar test it out like ron told me one day well try uh sitting under the table <laughs> <laughs> so sit under your your table and see how how things look try it out you know i've done those things before sit under the table do something different see, see what happens and are they how are you Ah, uh, I am. I don't know. I don't know. That's. Uh, I don't know how to answer that question. <laughs> uh, I thought you were gonna say I'm still learning. Oh yeah. 
Yeah, I'm, I'm learning. I'm learning that I don't know. I don't have an answer to that question. <laughs> I okay. The question should be when you meet someone is, what are you? That's a better question. That's a better. What are you? And then you can even tell them, don't you don't even have don't answer me. Think about it. <laughs> Think about that. Let's let that question be there. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> what about okay? So we approach uh our best friend George in the street, mm -hmm. and we say, uh, George, uh, how is the eye? Oh, yeah. How is the eye? How is the eye? Yeah, and then we we just walk away. You can't give him a chance to try to answer it. <laughs> I have a friend who asks me a question. Every time she asks me the question, she said, "Don't answer it." <laughs> <laughs> Just let the question be there. It was so helpful. Yeah. You know, are they, uh, the last last thing, sometimes, you know what, sometimes the questions don't don't warrant an aunt don't need an answer. No, no. You asked a question to me the other day. I don't know what it was. Why do we label but, things? Yeah, but you knew the answer to the question. Yeah. So I don't think it was a question you were asking. You were putting it out there for yourself to look at. Hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So maybe when you ask someone, how are you? You're really saying to yourself to, okay, so give yourself a moment to answer the question for yourself. Hmm. And when that friend realizes you're pausing for it, Maybe they will then go inside and ask the question for themselves. And then yeah. you and them will be in the middle of the, of the street, breathing deeply. Chakras <laughs> 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 rising. Yeah. And then you're going to skip down the road, hand in hand, full of bliss. <laughs> <laughs> With uh, tears of joy, just pouring down your face and they might say, but why are you crying? And they say, well, I was so moved by the question. Yeah. We decided to skip down the middle of the high street, singing some songs and reciting <laughs> poems. Yeah. Yes. And then you see another couple and the other couple nudges the, person and they're angry and the, the guy says what's wrong and says how come that never happens to us when you ask how <laughs> how am i <laughs> okay so, uh, okay so i think what's gonna happen next is that uh, somehow of some way well one of us is, or maybe both of us gonna be skipping down the high road <laughs> yeah are uh, are in the yes. loony bin <laughs> Just because we asked someone how they were, yeah. but we really meant it. So we joined hands and skipped down the middle of the harrow. Yeah, yeah. And, and 
And on the news that night will be <laughs> news flash. <laughs> Two people were seen skipping down the high road, and they were expressing pure pure joy. Yeah. The tear, and the newscaster has tears of joy rolling yeah. down her cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> that would be great. That would be that, that'd be good news. <laughs> As she says, I'm not, I'm resigning now. She resigns on air. Yeah. And says, I can't do this job anymore. And goes and opens a a um a raw food at a at a vegan farm yeah. in Wisconsin, which she then turns into a uh, meditation center and a and for yoga retreats. And she and from that on, she then gets meets someone in um in Kenya and their two farms connect together. And they now service each other and give food and help people with nutrition and diets. Mm. Extraordinary. Yeah, that yeah, that's that gives a, a new meaning to to how are you. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. All right, folks. Thank you for joining okay, us today, and um, till next time. Bye.